Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome back to The Midpoint. It's safe to say that for today's guest, midlife could not be more different from when she became famous in the 90s as an actress in Hollyoaks and a notorious party girl. Gone are the wild days of drinking with the primrose set. These days, Davinia Taylor is 14 years sober and all about biohacking. After giving up alcohol, Davinia became interested in nutrition and lifestyle changes which can boost your biology and improve your mood and founded her supplement brand, Will Powders. And when she was in her 40s, Davinia was diagnosed with attention deficit disorder and she started looking deeper into how her hormones might be affecting this. And this has led to her latest book, Hack Your Hormones. With so many of us acutely aware of our hormones in midlife, I thought she could take on the job of our weekly expert as well. Davinia has form here. Some of you might remember her from Alexandra Schulman's episode a few years ago. So without further ado, here is Davinia. Davinia Taylor, it is great to have you back on The Midpoint. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for having me back. I love your podcast. So yeah, it's, it's an honour to be here, actually. Well, right back at you. And looking glowing, as always, these days you are the epitome of health. You, look, you always look like you're kind of fresh out the gym or fresh from a run. Because I am. I am. I'm just, uh, I, I was just, uh, I've just come back from a 7K run, just a bit, a bit of a slow plod. It was uh, around my Lancashire home and it kind of sets me up for the day. Now, I was thinking about this as I was running because a lot of people just say, oh, I'm not a runner, but I wasn't a runner. Mm. So I was the sort of person who pulled up at Sainsbury's and Tesco. And if there wasn't a space right next to the mother and baby parking, I get a huge resentment and probably just drive home, causing myself no end of issues. But do you know what I mean? And that's how, how my mindset was. Just because now I understand, I, I thought I was lazy, but it wasn't that. It was because my brain was in an absolute sort of crisis point where it was completely programmed to conserve energy at all costs because even though I was overweight, I was undernourished. So my brain was screaming out for more calories um, and con- conserve energy. So that's why I was stuck in a sort of catch-22. So I couldn't go for a run, even though the doctor told me to go for a run. I said, I can't. I can't even walk to Sainsbury's, you moron. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> that's what I wanted. So that's how I've changed. And now I know it's about yeah. the nutrition I put into my brain makes my body move. So it was just, yeah, it was, it was knowing all these like tricks of the trade, really, that we don't really have explained to us. We just get told we're lazy. So your first book, It's Not a Diet, was about how you transformed yourself from somebody with addictions. And as you just described there, a very, let's call it stationary lifestyle. Yes, very. <laughs> and not much movement going on. And also some, you know, mental health issues in terms of not feeling great about yourself and about everything else, unsurprisingly, with all the lifestyle things that were going on. Um, And the book was great because it was very much no nonsense. Okay, this is, you know, as you say, not a diet. And you've moved on from that now to talking about hormones. And your next book is just that, about hacking your hormones. So tell me about the transition from that first book to this book and what 
what's happened to you? You know, you've gone from somebody who transformed your life in one way, but it seems deep dived yes. into this wellness world. So, I mean, the first book um, was great to write because it was all very new. And it actually, it was very physical to see me transform. Like I dropped around about four stone of um, body fat, uh, water retention, uh, just general systemic inflammation all over my body. And you could see a very clear before and after picture. But what I didn't go into as much detail in the first book, which I do in the second book, is every single behavior that we have, whether it be giggling, sleeping, um, uh, enjoying being enthusiastic, motivation, is all driven by our endocrine system, which is our hormones. So when people think of hormones, they generally think of, oh, women's problems and it's PMT and, oh, yeah, she's just hormonal. That's why I dedicated my book, Hack Your Hormones, to all women who've ever been called hormonal before, because really it's a family issue because hormones affect everyone. And the reason why I took such a massive sort of like rabbit hole dive into hormones was even though I'd lost all the weight, I still had this sort of underlying worry, not a worry actually, just an, just an unanswered question as to why did I become an alcoholic? Um, because most people think, uh, most people get sort of like the EBGBs about alcoholism thinking, oh, there's some deep CD trauma that I've experienced, therefore I'm drinking to black it out. What I didn't realize was I was drinking wine specifically and vodka specifically because what it did for me, it boosted my uh, dopamine and I didn't realize that I have low levels of dopamine. The reason why I happened upon that was quite by chance. My second child um, was in school and he's very, very similar to me, quite a dolly daydream, that's what I was called, a scatterbrain, forgot everything. I was always a scruffiest girl at school and so is he. He always forgets his gym kit. And they said, do you know what? I think he might have um, ADHD. I said, but he's not hyperactive. They said, no, no, no. ADD comes under the ADHD umbrella and I think you should get him tested and see if we can get him on some medication because it, he's finding it really hard to stay focused in class and he's being a little bit disorganized and let's get him tested. So I took a little bit of a, a, a dive into it and I, as I'm ticking the boxes saying, yes, he interrupts. Yes, he jumps from one uh, conversation to the other. Yes, he forgets things. I'm like, oh my God, this is me and I'm 40, 40 odd. And, you know, it was never... It was never a thing for women or girls or anyone who wasn't necessarily hyperactive um, to get diagnosed with this when I was back at school. And what it is, it's more of a hyperactive brain that's constantly seeking stimuli. So that's why I think I drank alcohol. It was for the dopamine to give me get up and go, to make life much more bearable. Because if I find something mundane, it's actually quite painful. So this is why I need to run in the morning. This is why I need to have natural daylight in my eyes. This is why I take nootropics to bolster my uh, natural dopamine levels to get me through the day. So I can do, say, tax returns, or I can do something that I just don't find interesting, like going grocery shopping or, you know, unloading the dishwasher. It's just low-level dopamine that I find things feel quite painful. And I know as women get older as well, as all your other supporting sex hormones drop, dopamine gets dragged down with it. So this is why a lot of women suddenly have ADD symptoms when they hit their 40s. They're like, oh God, is this what you've been like all your life? I'm like, yes, welcome to the madhouse. This is what we do. So yeah, basically that's where that came from. It was just the fact that I, I, I looked at my son's symptoms and thought, they're mine. Then I was introduced to dopamine and then I'm like, okay, this is a whole new world. 
Let's start with dopamine then, because there's other uh, lots of areas I want to go into that you've written about. Um, if those symptoms and that kind of lifestyle is resonating, the way you've described it is resonating with listeners, what did you do to hack dopamine then? So um, I, I actually just did a post about it this morning. So a lot of um, people who procrastinate, a lot of procrastination is because of a lack of dopamine. The quickest, fastest way to get into your endocrine system without medication, and personally, I've tried the ADHD medication. It made me feel very hollow and homesick. Um, I didn't like it, so I took my son off it yeah, as well. A lot, a lot of people yeah. describe it as that, don't Yeah, they? which is, I don't really, I, I, I was in the office and I tried it and I thought, oh, this should really help me with, you know, going through like a, a list of jobs to do. And actually, I said, I'm going to have to go home. I, I've got nothing to offer the conversation. And I just had to, I actually tried to like sweat it out in a bath to just try and detox it out of my system as much as possible. Um, so what I do is if I know I've got a busy day, what I will do is, like I said, I'd, I'll, I'll run more often than not um, because I, that is accessible to me now. But if that's not accessible to you now because you are underwhelmed with life, you feel... So just to be clear, the running increases your natural dopamine. Yes, yes, it does. I mean, it also boosts other hormones as well, like endorphins, you know. And for running, you can exchange that with other forms of exercise that are going to increase your heart rate. That is exactly what, yeah, you're increasing blood flow. I mean, what you could do to increase that blood flow, again, if these things aren't accessible to you because of injury or you're just in that flatline mode, I would recommend that you start taking some sort of nootropics. And one thing that you're not going to like is cold water. But there are thousands of studies that show that cold water increases dopamine over 200%. That's the equivalent of a glass of white wine without the come down. So without the need to top it up. So you get a nice boost in dopamine, 200%, and it takes hours to, to come down from that. And another trick, actually, I write in my book, because remember, dopamine is a double-edged sword. If you do something, something that's dopamine spiking too often, your body will become tolerant and you'll have to do more and more. So that tips you into addiction. And this is this, remember, dopamine spiked by carbohydrates as well. So that's why a lot of us generally make that our norm. However, what I do with cold water, and some people will really uh, like this, you flip a coin. So you have to keep the body guessing. If you do it regular, say Monday, Wednesday, Friday, your body's going to get into a routine and you're not going to get that 200% increase in dopamine. So flip a coin. So tails, uh, you don't go in the cold, heads you do. And you don't know, your body doesn't know, and that's how you nurture dopamine. Another great tip is music. Literally putting on your favorite songs while you're outside will really boost your natural dopamine. You know, if you're watching, I don't know, Britain's Got Talent and you get all those, uh, you know, the goosebumps when someone's amazing at singing. You know, that's a natural reaction. You get goosebumps. That's dopamine in action. So learn to use what, I mean, I can flip from 90s house music to the soundtrack of Dirty Dancing because I've got nice memories associated with it. You know, I've got a Leavers Ball and then I've got a nightclub that I used to go to and something that reminds me of my mum. I, I get that dopamine and that one, while I'm running is great. I personally love running because I can switch off. I just plod one foot in front of the other. I'm not, I, I really need to get into like fell running because I'm literally surrounded by fells, but I'm always worried that, I'll roll my ankle. So I, I run to meditate really. And then a song will come on that I get a rush from and then I'll increase and I'll do a quick, like and a that quick sprint. Lasts, that hit of dopamine for you will last the day and, and allow you to be more focused when you need to be and to, to, to get the kind of the results from your day yes. that you would 
the, uh, the, no, that normally I would have found extremely hard to cope with, that I would have switched off from, I wouldn't complete a task, I'd become completely disenamored, I'd walk off and get myself a snack, I'd start trying to bolster it that way, then before you know it, I'm having brownies and then I'm chasing it with more coffee. Actually, coffee is a very good uh, one to mention here because um, nine times out of ten it t- contains caffeine and caffeine gets a pretty uh, rough ride. But caffeine is responsible for opening up the dopamine receptors so you can feel more dopamine. A lot of biohackers, and the word biohacker sounds like a bit space agey, but all it is is someone who hacks into their biology. So a lot of biohackers use caffeine to open the dopamine receptors, then take something uh, or do something that's dopamine stimulating, and therefore they feel more of the dopamine. Now, if you're a bad metabolizer of caffeine, sometimes you can get the jitters, and you feel anxious, what you need to do is combine that with a brilliant amino acid called L-theanine. It's found in green tea, but you can have it isolated. I sell it uh, under the name Calm. It is brilliant for trying to get a cool, calm energy with coffee as opposed to an agitated, jittery, overwhelmed, overburdened one. So, And that actually is another great um, little amino acid for anyone who has low-level anxiety or even quite intense anxiety or for people who suffer from a whirring mind before they go to bed. It switches off that inner monologue of mayhem and it is such a nice, easy thing to take. Just take maybe two to 400 milligrams before you have a coffee and just watch how your brain starts working. Everything, you get into a flow state so much better. It's absolutely brilliant before I go, say, go to the airport. I'm always on high alert at the airport. I end up shouting at every kid that I have, which is four. No one listens to me. Well, five, including Matthew. And I am the sort of person that gets so overwhelmed, I'll forget the passport because I've got so much going on. So I need L-theanine to just cool me down, focus my energy on something that is important like getting to the gate with passports with four children and a husband that's all my you know and so it's really good for that sort of scatty type brain as well as as well as someone who is suffering from anxiety so my team just did it did his GCSEs this year and uh, we put it on my company as a special on special offer for exam season because our children are just sent out there with these stresses you know and these anxieties it's going to that's going to be detrimental to their performance. You know, they need a cool, calm energy to be able to remember what they've learned over the past, well, in my son's case, past six minutes because he crammed his revision. <laughs> but, you know, there's some kids who actually yeah, dig in. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, he's like, oh, my God, what are you doing today? Physics. What are you reading now? Physics. Great. Okay. But, yeah, but it's just, it's being able to know how to hack into your hormones so you get the best out of your performance regardless of what your skills are, we all have to do things that we don't want to do. And it's just making them as painless as possible. And actually, sometimes if you do something you don't like and you do it well, you get yourself, you get a little boost anyway. You get a little endorphin boost and you think, you know what, I'm not actually a maniac lunatic who can't organise anything. I've done it and it, and it was, wasn't that bad. Well, I think what, what you talk about there as well kind of resonates with the kinds of challenges and things that we do that we're going to be pushing ourselves beyond our comfort zone. And that, that is what cold water is, isn't it? And, uh, you know, there are other things that you can do that are, this is making me feel a bit uncomfortable. And that's where the dopamine comes a little bit later on. It's, it's so good to just keep pushing yourself into areas that are a little bit uncomfortable. Let's talk about sleep, because this is one of the big chapters in your book. And, and there are lots of ways that you uh, address 
kind of how to hack into your hormones regarding sleep. Can you give us a few takeaways? Um, Because sleep comes up again and again and again, especially in the midlife female community um, and male as well. But when hormones, women's hormones, as you mentioned, the sex hormones are are dropping off a cliff. Yeah, I mean, what I found fascinating uh, about sleep is that you can, um, you set up your sleep routine literally at seven in the morning. And I was like, what? And it's to do with light. So remember, before we had our phones, before we had our TV, before we even had a clock, we've always had our skin and our eyes to be the indicator to our bodies about circadian rhythm. So the circadian rhythm is the release of hormones to give you certain energies, certain fuels, certain behaviors, certain instincts to work around the the sunrise and the sunset. So Literally not that long ago, maybe, God, I'd say probably a couple of hundred years ago, not many people had access to a clock, you know? And really, we were just governed by the information that nature gave us. And we are still like that. Evolution has not caught up yet. So one of my number one tips for sleep is get outside in the morning, put the kettle on, grab a coffee, and get outside as close as you can to sunrise as possible. Take your sunglasses off and just absorb daylight on your skin. I mean, right now it's great because it's, it's warm, but if it's cold, I have my, you know, my dry robe on. I have no sunglasses on and I have my coffee outside looking at the sky. Okay. So this is, this is the one that's annoying for me because I'm in Lancashire and nine times out of 10, it's overcast. So if it's overcast, you're talking 20 minutes. But if it's sunny, it's three minutes. If it's got, you've got a blue sky, you've got three minutes. And that, what that does, that tells your body, because remember, your eyes are linked to your brain and that's got, and, and, and there you've got your pineal gland. And that's where a lot of hormonal information gets set. So you have this particular blue light coming into your eyes. And I don't, don't mean look at the sun. It's just looking at the sky, looking at nature, looking around, looking, you know, try not to look at your phone because that's going to, that's going to set you back a little bit. I'll explain that shortly. But if you get that daylight in your eyes at that time, your body releases cortisol. Cortisol gets a bad rep, but it's actually your movement hormone and your body will produce cortisol over and above every other hormone that is in there because that is your survival hormone and the body just wants to survive. So you will produce cortisol at least once a day. You need to just time it so. So the blue light pumps out cortisol. That gives you movement, motivation, energy to crack on with the day. But what the body's also doing is like, right, okay, seven o'clock in the morning, we've pumped out cortisol. It takes a note of that. And 12 hours later, it will say, right, now we pump out melatonin. This is our darkness, our sleep hormone. So that you set in your clock at seven in the morning to get up and go, your body has automatically set a reminder to say, now we're going to get sleepy, which is appropriate 12 hours later. And you can actually uh, bolster that by going outside in sun, un, in, at sunset as well. Because again, there's different light waves entering your eyes, telling your body, yeah, it's sleepy time. Let's pump out some serotonin. I combine that with some carbohydrates. So I have a very carby meal. So you get into that carb coma sort of mentality. So the serotonin, which is released by carbohydrates, making you feel cozy, really buffers any remaining cortisol in your body, quietens that stress molecule down. Then you're going to tip that into melatonin, which is your sleep hormone. And you just ride the carb coma wave into bed and you have a nice cozy sleep. Now, if like me, 
You like to look at reels of cats on your phone in bed and giggle. I like doing that. I dig it. What you need is some blue blocking glasses because the blue light from your screen will probably trick your brain into thinking it's morning time again and you'll end up pumping out a little bit of cortisol while you're sleeping so you won't get that deep sleep. But there's all little tricks of tech and nature working together so you can just tell your body, don't worry, it's still sleepy time, but but we're just going to watch some cats before we go to sleep. A question that comes to mind and it refers back to, um, I guess we've had on recently, uh, Trevor Nelson. And uh, he works shifts, obviously, does his show late at night on BBC Radio 2. And he talks about how when he goes into work, he feels exhausted because <laughs> he's going in kind of six, seven o'clock, going on air a few hours later. But then somehow the energy comes and the adrenaline pumps and he goes and then he finds it hard then to get back to sleep when he gets back home again. And a lot of people listening to this won't be doing nine to five jobs or working normal days. Can you shift that? That kind of, you know, can you be getting it, your, your daylight in the morning at nine and trying to kind of, you know, prolong that period? Yes, you absolutely can. And it's all very nuanced to you because look how we feel in winter compared to summer. You know, naturally we are seasonal creatures, but there's a great piece of tech that anyone who's a shift worker might want to look into. It's called a red light unit and that you can really boost your mood and you can trick your body into releasing those hormones at certain times of day. So it's, it's a company called Red Light Rising. I think they're South African, but they do, um, you can, you can rent it before you purchase it. I think the unit's about £100 um, to buy, but you can rent it and see how you get on. It's also really good for injury, sore necks, this sort of thing. Red light's extremely beneficial. And apparently, it's really good for eye health as well, as in it, it, it reduces aging within the eyes. So I need to do that because I'm wandering around with these glasses on and that's just another thing to lose, you know. So, um, but yeah, red light's really good. And of course, again, use the cold, use the heat to hack into your hormones. And you can also take things called nootropics. And what they do is they're certain chemicals that work in the brain system, increasing cognition and um, verbal diarrhea, I was about to say, verbal <laughs> fluency. And, <laughs> and uh, they just, uh, just allow you to access more of your brain than you normally would. That could be something for him to look into as well. So we're talking things like L-tyrosine that increases dopamine. There's a great ingredient called macuna purines, which is a root that contains uh, L-dopa, which is the precursor to dopamine. You combine that with a bit of caffeine, a little bit of L-theanine. And before you know it, you've got a really cool stack there that's going to open up your brain receptors. Another great one is MCT oil. Uh, so much so, I, I, I built a company around this one ingredient. That is a brilliant molecule. It's a very short chain fatty acid that doesn't have to go through the digestive system. It just hits the liver, gets into the bloodstream and crosses the blood-brain barrier. And straight away, your brain will be fueled by something called ketones. And you don't have to be on a ketogenic diet. You can just tap into this extra fuel source that's not glucose for the brain. That again will give him boom, noradrenaline. Noradrenaline is the brain. Noradrenaline is the same as adrenaline, but it's just found in the brain. Noradrenaline is great for, for that, for that shift worker. You can really tap into it. And what I would say as well for people work, sleeping during the day, you can't, you can get melatonin from your doctors. I'd, I definitely say, can I have some melatonin? Because it's not like a diazepam, which make you feel sluggish give you a hangover and a highly, highly addictive. Um, you can get melatonin in Europe. You can get it in the supermarket in Spain for your cat, but we can't get it here in the UK, but you can buy vodka on the M6. I'm like, there's some really weird stuff going on. And I'm like, all I want to do is sleep. And this is why I think alcohol use is over abused because people think it makes them sleep. It doesn't. It knocks you out. 
but you don't get the restorative sleep you were after. So you're always going to be, you know, on a back foot. So I definitely recommend melatonin for shift workers or for anyone who's got jet lag. It's brilliant. And I recommend the drops that go under your tongue. And you talked about tech. There's obviously quite a lot of tech as well that you can use to help you understand your sleep rhythms, which I think is is really important, isn't it? Because there are different stages you talk about of sleep and and how many times you hit that really deep sleep is, is really vital and important in terms of your body healing itself through the night. Absolutely. So um, there's a nice piece of tech. They're, they're like the first to market. It's called Aura Ring. And I think they got they exploded on this sort of tech scene again out of Silicon Valley because all of a sudden people are now understanding that sleep is literally the be all and end all. Because we all know when we're new mums or new parents, that was hell. I'm like, oh my God, People torture people to get state secrets and all they have to do is keep them awake. And we're doing it voluntary with kids. So yeah, we know that sleep, without it, everything falls apart. I am useless. I need a deep night's sleep. So there's a, like I was saying, there's this company called Aura. It's called an Aura Ring. And in it, it can monitor your deep sleep. It can indicate what body temperature you're at. So if your body temperature spikes during the night, you know something, you might want to support your immune system a little bit. They're just things that you wouldn't know normally because it's you, you generally get a snapshot into your body's behavior um, later on during the daytime. But while you're asleep, there's a lot of restorative, a lot, a lot of restoration going on. You get into ketosis, your heart rate variability can basically tell you exactly what's going on with your immune system, if you've got low levels of inflammation, if you're under stress, I'd really invest in an aura ring. If, if you want to get anyone a present, a Christmas present, I think it's the best piece of kit ever. Kim Kardashian and Gwyneth Paltrow were having an aura ring sort of like um, challenge on Instagram and that's when it exploded. However, just to put another company on your radar, there's a, I think they're French called Circular Ring. They're trying to compete with them because right now aura ring have got the monopoly. Uh, but their tech is so cool. It's really interesting. A friend of mine who's going through the perimenopause, she thought she wasn't getting much sleep. And it turns out her husband got her a ring for her Chris, uh, for, for Christmas. And it turns out she was getting really good sleep. It's just her heart rate variability throughout the day wasn't very good. She was never recovering. She was always under, she's a teacher. And that stress was just, she really needed to support her stress mechanisms. So I said, you need L-theanine throughout the day. You need to increase your GABA, which is your anti-anxiety hormone. And it's really helped her because her sleep was okay, but she felt shattered and overwhelmed all the time. And it's because she didn't have enough GABA. So just knowing little tricks like that can really help you nuance what you need to do to get through your day and make your priorities doable. Because we forget, you know, the one size fits all approach, I think is kind of happening again, particularly with women's health. It's like, okay, well, you've got HRT, stop moaning, carry on with your day. And it doesn't work that way. Because I said in my book, literally normal in Japan is different to normal in the UK is different to normal in the USA. And it's like normal in my village is different to normal to the town, you know, a few miles away because we're, we're all so exactly. different and our, our stresses are different, our diets are different, our history is different. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The other areas, the kind of central tenets, if you like, of your book, uh, stress and mental well-being, you talk about with regard to hormones. You've kind of touched on them a little bit there as well. And you talk about mood as well. What's, what would you say the difference is between kind of mood and, and stress? Well, for me, it's understanding that our hormones are responsible for all our moods, even our personality and how we interpret things. So I'm trying to take the blame from people. And if you have like certain foods or... So for me, if I have vegetable oil, straight away, I'm seeking more of that substance. So I'll just give you a brief history on veg oil. So we're talking sunflower oil, rapeseed oil. In America, they call it canola oil. But um, there seems to be a big movement over there about how inflammatory and, well, basically dangerous this stuff is. And it's in everything. It's been promoted as, uh, promoted as heart healthy. That's since been debunked, but we don't seem to have the press on it here. Anyway, they've actually developed an app in the USA, which now tells you uh, what restaurants do not use these oils. So we're normally about five years behind the wellness over there. So I'm looking forward to when this becomes mainstream, because if you say something, if you take something like Pringles, they even advertise it. Once you pop, you can't stop. That is because of this ingredient, veg oil. So veg oil, roll back the clock to about the 40s. Veg oil used to be used as farmyard machinery cleaner. And even like there's a there's stuff called the pink stuff that you can get in Lidl and Aldi and Asda. And basically it's this paste and you put it on uh, outdoor furniture or you put it on the boys' rugby kits and it will literally lift out uh, stains. It's a stain remover. It's a detergent. And the first ingredient in that is veg oil. It's like waterproof mascara. So as soon as you consume that, what you're doing is you're hacking into your hormones in a detrimental way because your gut begins in your mouth. And right the way from your mouth, right the way down to your lower intestines, you have mucus. And within that mucus, you've got little hormone receptors that send messages via the gut-brain axis to your brain to say what we're consuming, what we're eating, and what we should be seeking more of. So your body's always seeking amino acids, always, 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 because it's the building blocks to life. Now then, as soon as you have, say, a Pringle or something that contains these veg oils like granola or something like that, you are literally swallowing detergent and your gut is so sensitive. The mucus is so, it's so small. It's so teeny tiny that it strips the gut like waterproof mascara. It strips the gut of the mucus and the, the hormone receptors retract. So your brain never gets a message that, Hey, we've just eaten a load of amino acids. We're okay. We can stop seeking food. It doesn't get that message. So as soon as you have one or two, inevitably, you are going to seek more because your brain thinks you're starving, which kind of takes us full circle to what I suggested at the beginning of this. Are we talking here like, because obviously if you're in control of your diet and you cook everything at home yourself and you cook from scratch, you'll know what's going in. So for people who are thinking, where is it hidden? I guess we're talking processed, a lot of processed foods are going to have vegetable oil. Yeah, but even healthy foods. So you have a look at uh, protein shakes, protein bars, 
it's all got it in because it's such a bloody great man. It's a manufacturer's dream. It emulsifies things. It keeps um, salad dressing together. You know, instead of just shaking like uh, um, balsamic vinegar and olive oil to get that sort of like emulsion, this keeps it suspended in in a cream. And it's a preservative. It stops things from going off. So we're talking profit, profit, profit. That's why it's in everything. And remember, processed foods generally, no matter where, if, if, if they're healthy or not healthy, if it's Mars or if it, they're generally owned by some of the big guys. It's like five main manufacturers like Procter & Gamble, uh, General Mills, um, Unilever, all those big guys own even the healthy labels. So I think Heinz owns Slimming World or something. So just remember, you're just buying into the profit, the, the basic model of the big food, big pharma model. Not to put a tin hat on or anything, but just know what you're buying into and know that this first bite will no doubt lead to addictive thinking, even on a subconscious level, you'll be seeking out food, you know, so it's not your fault that you've been brainwashed. But now you've now you've listened to this, it is so you need to look on the back of a label for sunflower oil and rapeseed oil and put it back. If you want to lose weight, and, and keep in control of your eating habits, you need to put those back because no one can act against these. And then bringing that back to mood which was what we were kind of, we kind of went down mm. that. Um, I mean, I know it's like you go down one thing and it leads you to another thing, doesn't it? Because the oh, tentacles are all there. I know, I know, yeah. and, and, and the <laughs> mood, the reason your mood may be um, depressed from those kinds of food and feel down from those kinds of foods is because? Yes, because it's a fat. It's a fat as well. And remember when I said about the MCT oil, it's got eight carbon atoms and it crosses the blood-brain barrier to produce ketones and energy, a fat that gives you energy that your brain really thrives on. This too can cross the blood-brain barrier, but it's inflammatory and how they are manufactured, it, it shouldn't be in the human food chain. It's a very, very inflammatory. And by inflammation, if you have an inflamed brain, you have a depressed brain. So... My recommendation, if you're feeling flatline, just see how much veg oil you're eating. Take it out for a week. I mean, by all means, you swap butter in. You swap butter in. If you want to cook, cook with avocado oil. And But check again, check the label that they've not spiked it with sunflower oil, 90% sunflower oil, 10% avocado oil. So just always turn the label around. Don't buy into the marketing, buy into the ingredients. That will lower your mood, you know? Using this stuff that really is to clean machinery shouldn't be crossing our blood brain barrier, causing us to flatline and seek more food, you know, because you feel underwhelmed when you're inflamed. You are underwhelmed. You, you know, when you have an injury on your knee that you just, you, you're stagnant. You literally can't move. You've got to wait for that fluid to draw, to, to, to drain. It's the same with your brain. Your brain is an organ that needs nurturing. It cannot, particularly with all the stimuli we have, the last thing it needs is some weird, horrible space age food crossing into it. It's super sensitive. And I'd argue that that's probably one of the main reasons that why we have children uh, getting depressed so often because the diet is so full of veg oil. I mean, I bottle fed my kids and I look at the ingredients. It's bloody sunflower oil. It's sunflower oil and sugar. And, you know, the, the nurses said to me, oh, yeah, you're best, better off bottle feeding them because um, your boobs are engorged and all this sort of stuff. But what? Now I know it's, it's the biggest regret I've got, actually. That's quite a stressful thing for women who can't breastfeed. So uh, are there no yes, alternatives? Isn't it? Yeah, you, you, can, you can buy breast milk now. Women donate it, you know, that they actually can. And you just need to look at the ingredients again and see if you've got, I mean, goat's milk's a really good one. I think that's very close to us. 
um, which you can buy in, in a bottle. So yeah, number four had, had goat's milk, but one, two and three didn't. They just had uh, SMA. And when you look at the ingredients now, it's like, it's shock mm, and horror to mm. me, but it's like, I've got to speak out about it because otherwise nothing changes if nothing changes. And this, I think, I think it's killer number one, this veg oil over and above sugar. I mean, you wrote about the sugar in your first book and sugar obviously is responsible for a lot of, a lot of uh, health ills, isn't it? Yes. Um, yes. Uh, so we're not putting that on the good list. No, no, it's not on the good list, but I do think the bra- the body understands how to metabolize it so it can get rid of it right. quicker. And I do think, you know, we've always eaten it. We've always had honey. We've always had fruit. But this veg oil, we've never had until the 50s. Yeah, this is totally alien. So if you take take things out as, you know, because taking everything out all at once can be a little bit, oh my God, overwhelming. Well, this is what I wanted to talk to you about because your podcasts are excellent and you have some incredible experts come on there. But even they don't necessarily always agree or they don't always say yeah. the same thing. Uh, you know, they're, they're kind of, when I say promoting, I'm not saying that in a negative way, but they have their belief system, you know, that they come on and, and deliver. Um, and, and you are very careful to have people who base that in science and you want them to have, you know, empirical evidence. Um, but of course, it, it's quite overwhelming as well to, to hear lots of different thoughts, lots of different ways of eating and lots of different ways of kind of addressing big health issues. How do you deal with that as somebody who is now so immersed in this area? My thing starts with the brain. And I believe if the brain's fed well, the body will follow. So you will become leaner, you will become quicker, you will restore yourself better. So I always kind of lean into people like Andrew Huberman, who I've got like this massive crush on. Um, He's Professor Huberman over at Stanford. He has the most incredible access to the most incredible guests. And so I, that's where my passion is because I feel like if I've not got my brain, I've got nothing. I certainly won't go for a run if I don't know how to hack into my brain. So I generally start there and he leans into um, uh, places like examine.com you, so you can get peer-reviewed studies, et cetera, et cetera. But if you just can't be bothered with all that, I generally think, let's look at evolution. Let's see where it all started going wrong. I mean, of course, we've got the brilliant medicines like penicillin and stuff like that, and we can get rid of viruses. But it's like, where did we start sort of just relying on strange data, like saying meat is bad for you, but we've got an, a millennia of eating meat and preparing it properly and eating nose to tail. So it's kind of like, I, I, I think my gut instinct is if it wasn't around for my great, great grandmother, or it wasn't available as a food across the planet for my great, great grandmother, I think it's probably a bad idea. So highly processed plant-based food for me, is a disaster. Whereas sourdough bread would be good because we've had bread for a very long time, even though the the keto family, the keto guys are saying, no, take bread out, grains are going to kill you. But I'm like, mm, but the Egyptians did all right. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind mm-hmm. of like in that mm-hmm. camp. I'm kind of looking back to history as to see what, what we've evolved on and become the most powerful species on the planet. And that seems to be quite... I, I generally have one meal a day, which is in the evening. Uh, the rest of the time, I'm probably necking sort of like MCTs and I'm intermittent fasting. I generally, I have quite a bit of kombucha. So I don't sit down for a full meal while I'm in the office. If the kids are home from school, we probably will. Uh, I'll probably have like a 
bacon and eggs in the morning and stuff. But normally if I've got a productive day, I find digesting slows me down. So I save all that cozy food for later on with the kids, shepherd's pie, this sort of thing with beef liver chopped into it. They don't, they don't taste it. They don't taste the beef liver in the mince, but it's the most nutrient dense form of heme iron there is on the planet. I read that about liver. I love calves' liver. Does that? Oh, does that count? yeah, does that no, that's right? amazing. Because it's classed as beef liver. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. You're fine. I mean, lamb's liver is great. I mean, it's super cheap. And the great thing about buying lamb is nine times out of ten, we're not importing it from hopefully New Zealand anymore because we have the superior grass. Our grass is amazing. It rains all the time. We should we export all our beef because it's so good, and we import processed soy from China. I'm like. How's that working out? So grass-fed beef is is kind of priority. Number yeah, and lamb, and, and, and lamb, the same. You know, they're very, very similar. Very similar. I mean, my family, my kids prefer lamb steak because it's softer to eat. Um, my eldest is uh, he's obsessed with steaks and egg, that sort of thing. And I, I will, you know, I'll, I will let them have um, carbohydrates. Uh, but what I'll do is say if we've got rice, I'll boil it in bone broth. Just getting the nutrients and the minerals in there. It's just like sneaky nutrition, getting it in there. Every morning I put a teaspoon of collagen in their juice because they like juice and they're all, they want prime. I mean, like, of course they bought into this junk. It's just blue junk. But what am I going to do? Say, no, you can't have that. I'm a purist. You're going to have reverse osmosis, bloody double distilled water. No, they want prime. So I just put a teaspoon of collagen in there. It dissolves into nothing. They've got all the amino acids they need to support their gut health while having this junk food. So it's kind of like, I, I just have to compromise. So just go, taking it back a step to um, your philosophy of kind of, you know, if we haven't evolved with it, perhaps stay away from it. Just be um, aware of it really. What, you know. Yeah, be aware of it and understand that you're putting things into your body that we weren't 10, 15 years ago. The link between increased issues in terms of mental health, especially with young people and, you know, depression and other behavioural things. Do you think there's a direct link then to how we have started to eat 50 years yeah, ago? Yeah, I do. And 50 years ago, so I, I'm particularly into testosterone because I've got four boys. So uh, when my kids turn 18, their testosterone levels will be the equivalent of someone who was 60 20 years ago. It's really dropping. And for me, I think it's got something to do with the amount of soy we have in our diet and the inflammation. And we have xanoestrogens in the water. So bottled water, it's, you know, we're drinking lots of water, but when it comes in plastic, and don't get me wrong, prime, the plastic eaches uh, into it. And basically these boys end up with estrogen dominance. And we're talking man boobs, uh, low mood, mood swings, the whole shebang, and it overrides testosterone. So you let less confidence, you know, more, less of a fat burning machine, you know, less muscle mass, less bone density. Um, yeah, it's a real worry for so me. So how do you hack that? How would, how would anybody listening, you know, who's worried about their young men in their lives, how would they hack that? Well, I'm trying to bolster it with as many um, precursors as possible. So that is red meat, that is bone broth. So an ancient nutrition food source. And again, like I said, put in like um, collagen, which tastes of nothing, bovine collagen, not fish collagen, because you just don't know where that's from. And I don't care if someone says it's wild caught. Wild caught what? Is it dolphin? Is it lobster? What, what's in it? And it stinks. So they have to, they have to mask it. So for me, that's why I, I invested my company in Swiss collagen, because it's got the highest welfare. And I know exactly what blade of grass that ate. 
in the UK, we export too much of it. Otherwise, I'd use UK beef. We just send it away. All our beef gets exported. You're very lucky to find grass-fed beef uh, on those levels to manufacture collagen in the UK. So, um, yeah, so basically it's that ancient caveman nutrition. Really watch the carbs. Beer is a killer for lowering testosterone as well. So it's just putting things on your radar that you know are having an impact on you, on your kids. And, you know, there are tons of supplements that you can take, Tonka Tally, that, that'll boost testosterone. You know, you can work with an endocrine guy, but get them tested. Get your husband tested. Have a look for estrogen dominance. Is he getting man boobs? Is he getting hips? Get him on some um, estrogen detox, which should be um, DIM, D-I-M, and calcium deglucurate. That will break it down in the liver, break it down in the bowels and get it into the toilet where it belongs. I take DIM. Yeah. I've forgotten why I take it. Remind me why. Somebody okay, said to me. P- PMT, you, you get the rage, the PMT. So it's um, mood, sort of yes. Over, it's yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. good because, and, and also weight gain around, around the belly, around the man boobs and women with belly fat as well that's a big uh, estrogen dominance is phenomenal i think it's 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 never spoken about but it affects the whole the family dim but you need to team that with calcium deglucurate to get it through the liver into the gut into the toilet because you you don't want to recirculate uh, estrogen you want to use it once get it out the last thing you want to do is reabsorb it again you can't get dim very easily i've i've literally just manufactured it and and, and they've got all these caveats well you know it's a novel food i'm like again I can buy vodka on the M6, but I can't get dim. Yeah. And I'm like, there is something going very wrong with the health mechanism in our country that you can't get something to help you sleep that's non-addictive and you can't get something that's going to reduce PMT and stop my boys from having estrogen dominance, but they can get beer in Sainsbury's with ID. You know, I'm like, what... Is this crazy clown world we live in? How old are your youngest? Yeah, I mean, again? It's, it's, How old are your youngest? He's seven. He can probably, he's seven, he so can probably really, go and buy a vape the way they're, they're going at the moment. Yes, I mean, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah. Watermelon vape. Yeah, so yeah, that's great. Yeah, 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 stuck on a battery. Brilliant. Yeah, you can get that. And it literally is a battery when you see it. It's, yeah. it's actually open it up and it's a battery. I'm like, oh my God, how on earth did we think that have we got the smoking people saying that this is a better idea than smoking? Well, I'm really, I'd rather have the cigarettes. I'm a big Five Live listener and I'm really delighted that Rachel Burden, who presents a breakfast show has been on a mission the last year she's got four kids and she's on a mission to 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 kind of basically try and change the laws on vapes and the way that they're sold because obviously uh, because the surface area of your lungs is the size of a tennis court that's why it's so addictive because every single cell across that tennis court receives that highly addictive stimuli again dopamine i mean it's weird because i consider myself an addict and i used to smoke when i had a a drink but as soon as i put the drink down i never had that nicotine craving which is which shows how nuanced we are i mean nicotine is one of the most addictive drugs on the planet but it never got me but take away my white wine we've got an issue (laughs) got a major issue but no, I've, I've since moved on from that and now I have cold showers. Oh my God, <laughs> what a turnaround. Uh, Davinia, I could carry on and on chatting to you. Um, you are uh, absolute expert in, in this area now. And, you know, if anybody wants to deep dive further, I thoroughly recommend your podcast to, to listen to the various experts you have on. Not just, not always just about, you've had Dr. Uh, Barbara Sturm as well, haven't you? Yeah, she's, a, yeah she's, she's great about skincare health and how to, I mean, she looks incredible, I'll be honest with you. But yeah, I'm trying to, bring as many sort of different people who I've considered interesting on there and just ask them, you know, 
what should we be doing? Because mm-hmm. none of us seem to know. But I, I, I feel like I, I feel like I've got into You're my stride in this second half of my life. I've got into my stride. So yeah, well, after forty, it's got easier. Yeah, you, you're um, you're not only on this particular episode as an expert, but I think also as somebody who has turned their life around in in the kind of midlife and the next half of your life is yes. is going to be um, a lot healthier perhaps and then Hell yeah. the, the aggregate of the first <laughs> and I do believe a lot easier I think when you're yeah. healthy it's easy right it's, it is and you learn to really value your health because you know how much more you can do which is the thing that you know if you're ever sick it's kind of that feeling that you can't do what you want to do and some something else is stopping you which nobody likes that feeling um so I'm going to put you on the spot for the final question and if as I said before, a lot of people get overwhelmed by all the different things that are coming at them with regard to health. If there were three things that you would say to hack into somebody's current kind of uh, lifestyle and diet, what would you say are the, the three things that you would change or are most important? Okay. Okay. So first of all, 15 seconds of cold shower once a week. That's it. 15 seconds. I'm co- focus on the back of your neck. That's it. Take out veg and seed oil. And do not be scared of fats because cholesterol actually helps you manufacture hormones. So introduce MCT oil into your life immediately and just don't be scared of saturated fats because I think that's going to be debunked in the next, well, probably five years, but who's got five years I'm to I'm glad wait? to hear that because I just can't stop using Lurpak. Um, so. Oh, great. <laughs> when guess so. I'm, I'm a Kerrygold gal myself, but you know. <laughs> well, that's grass-fed, isn't it, as well? So I probably should, yes, should be is, on that. Yeah, we do have yes, some Kerrygold. Or any uh, French butters. I like French butters. Oh, um, I do with the salt in. Yes. Oh my God, and salt's another thing. You need salt in your diet, but make sure it's sea salt, not table salt. Table salt doesn't have any minerals in, sea salt does, and will actually lower blood pressure with those other minerals in. So table salt is rubbish, sea salt is excellent, Celtic sea salt. Pink Himalayan salt? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Just be careful that you're not getting conned. You know, just make yeah. sure you know the mine it's come from. <laughs> and they've not just dyed it. E- efficacy is everything. You can have that as the next title of your next book. Efficacy is everything. Okay, I will, know, knowing, I will do it. I will let things, them know. Knowing where things come from, I think. Uh, provenance. Is, is, yeah, the right. provenance Absolutely. Is, provenance is key. It yeah. is key. And just remember, yeah, provenance is key. And you are what your, what your food ate or grew in. So soil is of paramount quality. So that's why I'm into regenerative farming. If you can, if you, God, grow your own, but I literally kill basil. The minute I buy it from Sainsbury's, I put it on the windowsill, it dies. I'm like, what? You know what? So I am definitely not one of those green-fingered type people, but I reckon that'll be, the, maybe over the next 10 years, that'll be my new thing. But well, right I tried now, to grow potatoes basil. last winter. Oh. Um, and um, the I think the foxes probably had them. I don't know, but they just didn't appear. So somebody said to me, only if you know an idiot can grow potatoes. Apparently this idiot can't. Okay. But uh, yeah. Um, Davinia, thank you so much. I will let you get back to growing your empire. And my basil. <laughs> and your yeah. basil. And uh, have, a, have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Gabby. Thank you for having me. Wow, that chat was packed full of information. You might need to listen again with a notepad by your side. I'll be looking out for vegetable oil on all labels from now on. So thank you so much to Davinia for sharing all she's learned so far. Like she said, though, one size doesn't fit all when it comes to health and hormones. So keep that in mind if you decide to explore this further. Remember to hit follow wherever you listen to us so that you're never likely to miss an episode. My thanks, as always, go to you for listening and to Spiritland Productions for helping put this podcast together. I really hope you can join me again next Wednesday, but until then, take care and good luck hacking those hormones. See you soon.
hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.